Bay City Beacons Global Politics Podcast. I'm Diego. We have Mike here today. Hello. Hello. Jay. Uh, we got special guest uh, Sam Moss, the director of Mission Housing here Thanks. in San Francisco. Hello, everyone. A nonprofit affordable housing developer, I understand. If That's there true. are if there are profits, well, you know, don't report that to the IRS. Well, you they know. are social profits. Yeah, they're social profits. Profits for the community. No, exactly. You, you can spend them on local political. Exactly. They're, they're, right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, just ask John. And then, yeah. and that's Sonia Trous here to grill Sam on why only markets can solve. Problems. On the neoliberal hellscape that we live in. And um, super special guest Anton's here, elbow deep in a bag of potato chips. Yeah, there's a 17 month old on this podcast. Yeah, well, uh, that's a first. Um, so, ooh, milk. Um, <laughs> so, a uh, lot of news since, yeah, uh, since we've last been on this podcast. Oh, God. We can't pretend to, to ever be able to address all of them. But uh, one major one that we're going to have to address before, um, before you know, San Francisco has way too many fucking elections, but before this November's election and then the March 2020 election, um, Mayor London Breed has um, proposed quite a few ballot measures that uh, are intended to address housing in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. One is a $500 million bond measure. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds bigger if you say half a billion. Yeah, you say half, half a billion, billion for yeah. sure. Yeah. I agree. But I agree. half sounds smaller than 500. Yeah, but billion. But billion is okay. billion. Billion's like a fake number. Billion's like the new million, really, when you think about it, you know? Well, yeah. But it's yeah. the Within, old zillion. It's the old okay. zillion. I literally had a time in my childhood when I did not think it was a real number. <laughs> okay. So but Half the billion dollar bond measure. Um, smaller than um, Jane Kim's once proposed billion she never dollars. Proposed it. Did she, she just said it. it. She just said it. Right. She said it at a news conference once. What's, I mean, whatever makes a speech mm-hmm. act of proposing actually official, Mayor Breed has done it. Um, but, um, so $500 million for affordable housing, pretty big deal. Uh, we thought we, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you gotta leave that in. You gotta <laughs> leave that in. Leave it. Anton is house uh, it, it's, it's Honestly, it's fine. I won't, we won't pick up as much as you think. Um, uh, so it's a really big deal. It's yeah, it's a big um, deal. Yeah, and it's about two thousand units worth, right? Yeah, so it's it's important to remember that San Francisco spending five hundred million dollars equals one point five billion dollars right. of total development because right. we triple all of the funds. The affordable housing community triples all the funds, so right. it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they le- leverage. We leverage mm-hmm. in yeah. case there is some neolibs. Yeah, is, for all the is, neolibs um, out there. It is, no, it just for the for those uh, less educated on this, including myself, is um, is bond money um, qualitatively different as a funding source for you guys than um, low income housing tax credits? Yeah, so there, it's not that it's 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 different in the sense of it's it's one part of the funding puzzle, but right. we take the bond money. And then mm-hmm. we go and we get the tax credits because the I bond see. money exists. I see. So the way it works is like the city of San Francisco will say, here, Mission Housing, take this $30 million. We know your building is going to cost $100 million, but take mm-hmm. this letter from us and we'll take that letter to like tax credit investors. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the state and we get tax exempt bonds also and sell them to banks. Mm-hmm. But the only way to get those is for the city to be able to give you that letter saying mm-hmm. that it will give you the bond money. You know, yeah, I mean, you'll hear a lot about how, oh, why don't we just build public housing since there's such a need for, for low-income housing and to prevent homelessness. I mean, what always strikes me when this comes up is the United States does not really have 
what anyone would reasonably recognize as public housing. I mean, that's a lie. That's a lie. Okay. Hot takes, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Okay. Hot takes. Hot. I'm, well, po- I'm even pointed even when I say it's a lie. <laughs> I mean, really it, we have public housing, but it's. We have it on the Presidio. Yeah, we, we have it on the Presidio. I live across the street. Social sorry. housing. Let me, let me, let me. Uh, sorry, let me uh, walk that back and clarify. We do not have new funding sources we don't. to build new public we housing. We don't at all. If anything, That's, yeah. There's no um, institutional structure for that within. Federal or state no, government. I, I, I like to know. I like to. Yeah, we we started defunding HUD the day after we invented it. That's also yeah. not exactly true. It's not that we don't have the structures. Everything is there. What it is is like the imagination and the personnel. So would you? I mean, would you consider tax credits to be a, a public source of housing subsidies? No, tax credits are set up to like. Facilitate the private, private nonprofit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, but what I'm talking about is we have a lot of stuff set up. Like, if you're a transit agency mm-hmm. and you want to build a new, if you're a transit agency and you want to build a new parking garage, you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. You have a department. Anton, you're so rude. Mm-hmm. You Are you going to build a transit agency? Anton, Anton is going to work for Mission Housing, whether he likes it or not. Um, intern for free. Sorry, you're saying you have a real estate department. You mm-hmm. can borrow money. Mm-hmm. You can. You have a project manager. You build that parking garage. You mm-hmm. expect that parking garage to generate revenue. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of why they do it. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, like bureaucratic infrastructure, there's literally no reason why they couldn't repurpose it uh-huh. to build housing. I mean, it's you know, no offense to anybody that's a property manager, but like. It's not rocket science, mm-hmm. you know. Like if if you can effectively manage a and get revenue, there's no shortage of parties that would manage it. Also, like mm-hmm. if exactly. the M- if the MTA was like Mission Housing, we're gonna build these thousand units above this new parking garage. We're gonna build it. We're gonna keep the revenue. We'll pay you a fee to manage it and do the resident services. We would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know? or they could hire John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart is the company that does this exact thing for the housing at the Presidio. Mm-hmm. The Presidio Trust mm-hmm. is totally revenue neutral. Mm-hmm. They are basically a federal park mm-hmm. and all the money that they need to operate, they earn by renting out the housing. Those barracks that are there. Right, that exists. Yeah. They rent it out at market rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, yeah, like the, ref, the, the project that Sam, you know, <laughs> talked about is a real project. Mm-hmm. The MTA does have a plan to try to build housing, to generate revenue, it, to mm, pay. Is that a Petrero? Yeah, Petrero. That's social housing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we not only do we already have it in the U.S., we have it in San Francisco, and we have a proposal that is mm-hmm. happening right now. Mm-hmm. And you would never know that, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot mm-hmm. of the people that talk about social housing act like it's something that's like, far away and impossible mm-hmm. and the only way to get it is to oppose market rate housing which is not the way to get it. And that's it. like mm-hmm. one of the things that's the most frustrating is like it exists. These things exist. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's like so many people on so many soapboxes who I don't know deep down maybe if they did admit that the social housing existed they wouldn't have their soapbox. But mm-hmm. like it, it's frustrating because we could be doing what the MTA is doing like dozens of times over right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just the MTA right? It's BART. 
it's Caltrain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's PG. I mean, not PG and E because they're the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's the like fire department. department. No, it's but the PUC. PUC yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, fire department. Fire department. You know, although it is kind of cool that Aaron Peskin's building luxury housing over the fire department in his district. Exactly. You know, are thanks. they making money for the fire department? No, they're they're actually so he, not for nothing. The luxury housing is going to pay for a new supportive, basically glorified SRO. Uh, for one, and then a few formerly homeless family units in Chinatown. And CCDC is gonna gonna build it. So mm-hmm. it is, That's it is, you know, it is subsidizing low income housing. It's great. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to um, another ballot measure proposal from Mayor Reed, which is um, buy right approvals for 100% affordable housing. Um, and, and you know, a, a lot of people um, who are you know not as as uh, dangerously plugged in as us, and you know maybe have a life. Um, Losers don't realize that um, it's not legal to build apartments everywhere, and that and that it's you don't just like check a box and like get your paperwork and you can build it. So, you know, as someone who deals with the permitting process, Sam, can you explain to us what a buy right approval for affordable housing would mean, and sure. what is it like now that we do not have that? So we so we have some buy right in some places that have already been area zoned, right? So like the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan and, right. and this Balboa Reservoir Area Plan. But for the overwhelming majority of the city, it's zoned for what is it called, it's basically single family homes, or mm-hmm. you could have, so you could either only have one unit of housing or two units of housing. You could have like 15 bedrooms in that unit of housing, but mm-hmm. it's still a single family home. Mm-hmm. So um, what it means is like, so what buy right is, is if, if you are building something to the zoning, so you know, you're, you go in and you apply for something, and if it's buy right, then no one can sue you to stop that building because of shadows or because they want more parking or setbacks or, you know, just mm-hmm. that they're the Noe Valley Charm Committee and they hate everything. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, affordable housing especially is really hard to fund. It's really hard to build. It takes decades. It takes t- up to 10 years now to raise the money and build something. And so one of the main reasons for that is because of how much work we have to do on the front end to, like, beg the neighborhood not to sue mm-hmm. us and stop the development, exactly. you know, and that's like, that's soul crushing. And so if an affordable housing development is by right, then there's no amount of hate. There is no legal, uh, you know, avenue to stop it. It seems to me that there is a little goodwill in here. It's not just a hammer because it's not just affordable housing, but they're also talking about teacher housing, mm-hmm. educational employee housing mm-hmm. for the community college district and the unified school district. And that should go over very well with Westside because this is one of the big obstacles is trying to build affordable housing, whether it be subsidized affordable mm-hmm. or regular affordable west of Divis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is... No, it's, I mean, it's stuff. true. I mean, the teacher housing... And, you know, the thing about the teacher... So, the thing about the San Francisco Unified Workforce Housing is it's not just teachers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we say teacher housing because it's the... Like, that's the easy buzzword. They work for but, the district. Yeah, it's janitors and, and coaches mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and psychologists and nurses. And, and TAs. And 10 teacher assistants. Mm-hmm. Not teaching assistants. T- teach, so, so, you know, it's, it's a wide swath of... Mm-hmm. I, I have... I have a mixed bag about just building two, you know, why don't we have muni worker housing? Why don't we, you know, mm-hmm. about like singling out one. But I do think, I think that, that's the next frontier. Yeah, but I do think that San Francisco Unified Worker Housing covers a pretty wide swath mm-hmm. of San Franciscans. So I'm, I, I hope you're right, you know. And, and this, you know, the, the, the school district 
building housing sounds like it's it, it's a relatively n- it's a new thing that's happening in San Francisco, but it's not a new idea. No, in fact, the sunset killed uh, teacher housing uh, a decade ago out of San Francisco Unified Feinstein Middle School. Correct, and uh, Mission Housing once tried to build uh, BMR condos for teachers up to eighty percent of median income at Mm. 1950 Mission, Mm -hmm. which was San Francisco Unified owned at the time. Mm -hmm. Ironically, the uh, progressives and the Mission community thought that that was why Mission Housing had stopped being an affordable housing developer because eighty percent of AMI Mm. condos at the time were considered market rate mm. and it was the straw that broke the camel's back that's incredible i know right now we're building 165 units in 1950 mission suck it yeah yeah if you find the article the chronicle article from 10 years ago Dude, when they it's it's so nasty there's a there's a quote in there from a neighbor that's like they say this is teacher housing but it's price restricted housing and so that means it's basically just a hud housing project it's going to be mm-hmm. a slum yeah right Mm-hmm. And so they didn't do it. And the fact that that we're talking about like basically median income, middle class housing, yeah. conflating that with with quote unquote slums with subsidized housing, the fact that we have to subsidize that is a pretty extreme and bad situation. Yeah, but you know, I also blame my. If we go back to like public housing and. You know, I, I get frustrated with the affordable housing industry community in San Francisco because they have had decades to educate the West Side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so like when we're, build, we're building the Balboa Reservoir right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So tell us more about this uh, Balboa Reservoir. Right, so we're, we're building, uh, we're part of a mixed development of up to 2,000 units at the Balboa Reservoir. And a thousand of them will be affordable. Mm-hmm. And um, we're co-developing the affordable with Bridge. And we got a letter, it was a while back, but you know, from Westwood Park saying that they strongly believe that we should build a wall in between our affordable development in Westwood Park to deter any and all pedestrian, bike, and car traffic. Entering, so it was really like a, a wall. Yeah, it was, and it was really kind of a trifecta of all the things that they hate, right? Because like they also were like, because it'll hurt parking. Because we'll have traffic. So when they're talking about a wall, they're talking about also a literal wall. The street. Yeah, like well, so the way the reservoir works is there's a natural berm that like when they dug the reservoir down that has mm-hmm. never reserved a drop of water. I just. Mm-hmm. Point that out. Um, there, no, wasn't it a WPA project? Yeah, it was. Like, it was. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's so funny because, sorry. So Keynes talks about in. Uh, See, so he says it in, a, in a, the general theory. Yeah, in the general theory. Um, he says that when you're in a depression, like, mm-hmm. you should just pay people to dig a hole. Mm-hmm. Right. And they did that. They was. literally did they it. Did like, it. a lot of WPA stuff is murals, you know, Marcus. But in this case, they actually just mm-hmm. pay people to dig a hole. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, I rail against that about the bigotry and the, and the hate, but like I also, after mm-hmm. organizing for these eight years and I'm doing a lot of it on the West side, mm-hmm. we have my, the affordable housing industry has not done a good job educating whether or not you think we have to educate people is a different, but mm-hmm. when people on the West side hear affordable housing, they think of like the Geneva towers, mm-hmm. right? They think of the old Valencia gardens, which mm-hmm. was a, which was a shit show. You know, the old Sunnydale. The old Sunnydale and Petrero Project. We still say the Petrero Projects when we talk about them. And like, you know, it's not that I agree with them hating poor people and I'm trying to make an excuse, but not for nothing. Like, I wouldn't want to live next to the Geneva Towers either. You know, and the Geneva, the, the housing development now in Geneva is great. And the Valencia Gardens is our nicest. We knocked it down and rebuilt it in a nice way. 
I live right across the street from North Beach Place. And right. I've been there since long before the Hope Six process took place. It was very scary at times. Yes. Yeah, right. And now it is a real boon to the neighborhood. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's, they brought Trader it's, Joe's it's in a, for fuck's exactly. sake. Exactly. It's, it's, it's actually an amenity for the neighborhood now. So, Mike, you mentioned Hope Six, which um, some of us might not be super familiar with. Can we, um, can we talk about what that is? Why yeah. that's a turning point for mm-hmm. public housing? I mean, so Hope Six was the beginning of the public-private investment into afford- mm-hmm. into public housing. Mm-hmm. It was a non-profit. So, like, Mission Housing is a private developer, right? Mm-hmm. But we're a non-profit. Mm-hmm. So when we buy something, we can not only get the same funds that the public housing, the authority, the housing authorities could get, mm-hmm. but like I said with the San Francisco housing bond, mm-hmm. we can leverage that mm-hmm. and get way more money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Hope 6 was, it was the beginning of that. It's, mm-hmm. it's taken a bunch of different iterations and we, we've made it a lot better. We rebranded it a couple times. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we really did start defunding HUD the day after we invented it. I truly believe that. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, it sucks that we have to go get like private investment because, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. the government could just fund housing. There's money there. Mm-hmm. But the government still has to permit it to be built yeah. as, as part of its, you know, it's weird that that zoning and land use and permitting is certainly considered a part of the government's police powers. Yeah. You know, it emerged from like, health and safety and building codes and, and deed restrictions or whatever. But, but so back to this, this, um, by right approval process, like how much, how much does the current approval process, um, affect your efforts to develop? And I know, you know, mission local recently reported like, Oh, there, you guys have, there's five affordable housing projects under construction in the mission right now, mm-hmm. which is a, quite a big deal. That's, that's, the most in a long time. Yeah, we're building almost a thousand new units there. It's great. Um, so, and I know, you know, S- Scott Weiner, when he was supervisor before he went to the Senate, he uh, tried to author some some um, streamlining for 100% up affordable housing, and it, and it met some resistance. Mm-hmm. So, how how has the process around um, the uh, approvals and permitting worked for you in the in the nonprofit? space where you're, you're butting up against a lot of regulations that the private industry, the for-profit industry also deals with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we build, we're building private housing. It's just affordable and deed restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes forever. I mean, look, like mission housing, I'm really proud. Like, we're building five new buildings right now. Three are fully entitled, and we didn't get DR, we didn't get a discretionary review filed once. Mm-hmm. And other nonprofits do get that, but not for nothing. We took like years mm-hmm. before we filed for our permits mm-hmm. and like begged, you know, convinced the neighborhood to like us. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about years, right? Mm-hmm. Like think of how many people got displaced during those years that mm-hmm. are never coming back. Mm-hmm. So it, that's what makes me the most mad. It's why I'm the most excited. It's why I'm so excited about what Mayor Breeze doing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I understand you were gathering signatures for a, a similar, if not identical, proposal like a year prior to this proposal. Yes, it's very exciting that this is on the ballot now because, yeah, last year when the Yimby ballot measure, we still have t-shirts, mm-hmm. if anybody wants a t-shirt, because it's, now it's back, it's worth mm-hmm. wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was our ballot measure to make a, to make affordable housing by right mm-hmm. uh, wherever it's, it's zoned for, and um, things kind of got disrupted by the mayor dying, and mm-hmm. then we had this other mayor's race, and now we have a new wonderful mayor, and so now it's back because it was actually a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are three 
kind of things going on, right? Like we talked about funding and that's mm-hmm. what most people think about when they're like, oh, affordable housing, how are we going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And then there's process, mm-hmm. but there's a third issue which is separate mm-hmm. from either process or funding. And the third issue is zoning. Mm-hmm. So if we don't change the zoning, mm-hmm. we can have all the funding in the world mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. best process in the world mm-hmm. and all the affordable housing is still going to just get built on the east side of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Because as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. most of the west side is zoned for low density. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a single family or a duplex or up to a fourplex, even mm-hmm. if it's a fourplex, like mm-hmm. you actually need to be able to build a real apartment building mm-hmm. in order to build affordable housing. So the mayor has, she, she has three things she's putting on the ballot, mm-hmm. the bond, the charter amendment, and an ordinance. Mm-hmm. And the ordinance is to upzone some lots on the west side. Mm-hmm. This is the, the, for teacher housing? And affordable. Yeah, I mean, they're describing it. They're kind of leading with the teacher housing aspect mm-hmm. because it's Virtuous. super sexy. Yeah. Yes. Um, are they, they going to have to gather signatures, or is the no, board of supervisors going to vote to put it on the ballot? They'll vote to put it on the ballot. I mean, presumably, I mean, unless will they? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, um, I I think so. Yeah. It'd be it would be really cra- like if it doesn't, dear listeners. <laughs> this is like, a special place in hell for the person that doesn't want to vote for sign rights. It would be crazy. Board President Norman Yee, who represents the district that killed the Forest Hill yeah. housing project, uh, well, you know, when this was first floated. He's, uh, he went on the record, I believe, on the examiner saying, well, uh, the local community should have input mm-hmm. on the yeah, yeah, right. He said my constituents need to have a say. Uh-huh. Yeah, we already know what they're going to say. Yeah. And it's no. So why would you, why would we give people that opportunity? Uh-huh. That is the crazy thing. We just, we give the, op- like, we can just take the opportunity away. Uh Yeah, and we've done it before with other issues. Like, this is the thing. Not everything is credible. Like, not everything you go to your supervisor with, your supervisor's going to be like, oh, well, yeah, good point. Uh You know? At some point, like, there are things that you can say to your supervisor. You can say, hey, I don't think gay people should get married anymore. And just by advocating that, your supervisor will be like, you're a crank. And then they just won't listen. Like, not Uh only will they be like, there's not enough political support for what you want. It's like... Now I know you're a crank. That's actually how I felt about the Save and Bargadero folks. Right. Oh, you know? They, well, they managed to torch any political capital yeah, they could have had. It was oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. They started out actually with almost zero. Yeah, they, right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's, I feel like, I think I saw a tweet or maybe I read an article. Somebody likened it to the fact that like no one cared that smokers were mad that when we banned smoking inside. We That's just, right. We, we just, just did, did it. it because, we were like, you're not sympathetic. Yeah, exactly. Because it was like, sorry, stop. It's a crisis. It's a health crisis. Mm-hmm. And we're all literally admitting that there's a housing crisis. And I just don't understand why we don't just stop giving these people power. Um, yeah. Well, so that, that leads us to that pretty good transition to our other topic, which is uh, Senator Scott Wiener's Senate Bill 50. Um, which today was uh, shelved in the appropriations. We don't committee. know. We don't know that yet. We well, it was it. Uh, chairman, we know that the appropriations did right. Chairman, was, right. It, chairman Portentino um, put it on the file for a two-year bill. Um, Senate Pro Tempore President Tony Atkins could feasibly, at the time of recording, could feasibly still bring it for a floor vote. We are recording on on Thursday, the day that this was announced. It's yes. at five o three p.m. But, um, so call Tony Atkins and email Tony Atkins. And unless text Tony you're listening to this. Unless, oh, right. Well, you know, wait for this podcast to be done. But so Senate, <laughs> Senate Bill 50 is the second iteration of what was previously Senate Bill 827. 
um, you know, the, the, I mean, Kintonite, it's like the controversial bill to um, raise densities for uh, housing development, all where there's transit and job opportunities. Agenda and 21. Schools. Yeah, Agenda 21, neoliberal UN world domination, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But, um, you know, regardless of Discriminating why... Discriminating against the suburbs. Re- regardless of why uh, Senator Portentino um, put it on ice... Um, you know, one of the one of the main issues around the discussion in San Francisco and in the Bay Area is around the sensitive communities exemptions. And I shouldn't say exemption; mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a five-year reprieve where there can be um, sort of a local process for for rezoning these areas. Um, you know, essentially allowing apartments where you have public transit just makes common sense. But sensitive communities, um, the the theory goes that that you know uh, suddenly increasing the land values are, are is going to uh, ha- have externalities that um, lower income, more vulnerable populations may not be able to handle right away and that they'll need some more autonomy. So we're talking about these sensitive communities um, that where the bill is trying to give them more leverage, right? And you talk about like disempowering the suburbs, disempowering the West Side, not giving the West Side the opportunity to say no. Um, but the interesting thing I have found about uh, in the process of uh, interviewing people about this bill is that there are advocates for low-income neighborhoods that see that and go, well, we want the same self-determination, um, you know, which is not great because essentially they want to be, they see rich neighborhoods saying no, and yeah. they, they want they that be able power to say no. To say no. Yeah. But how, so the question then becomes, how, do, how does this power imbalance get rectified Without simply, you know, moving the chips around of who gets to exclude. Uh, Yeah, I mean, first of all, exclusivity is a luxury amenity. Right. You know, it's something that people want. All kinds of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we are all much more similar than we are different. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is something that a lot of people really do want. Mm -hmm. I would, I think everybody should go to Urban Footprint, urbanfootprint.com. These... People peeling the SB50 onion, they made a bunch of maps and they have a bar graph that blew my mind. So the upshot is that a lot of the narrative around SB50, especially because it started out, you know, as SB827, uh, housing around transit-rich areas, Mm -hmm. um, is... Yeah, is about upzoning transit-rich areas. Mm-hmm. But Mike's going to the URL right now. Yeah, so oh, actually, I'm looking at something else. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, stop looking at actually, he wasn't doing anything. That was just our. That was just sound effects. <laughs> um, no, what's incredible is they have this uh, bar chart, and the acreage that is upzoned because it's jobs-rich blows away the acreage mm-hmm. that's upzoned because it's transit rich. Mm-hmm. But like the other thing too that kills me about this SB50 thing, and I talked to a supervisor that, you know, all the supervisors in San Francisco oppose it, but I talked to a supervisor from the east side, and, you know, this supervisor told me I don't need anyone telling me what I can and can't build in my neighborhood and I was like not for nothing but like a bunch of rich white homeowners already did that when Mm -hmm. we invented redlining Mm -hmm. and then couldn't do that anymore and called it zoning and they upzoned the east side like that's already been done right like SB 50 is just trying to even the playing field right yeah so what I'm saying is that even like if we cut out all of the like the transit upzoning and Uh just did the jobs rich opportunity upzonings Uh 
it would it's that's most of the bill. Uh-huh. So I mean I think that you know the answer is like we could do even a different bill that is really highly focused yeah. like just on like if uh-huh. you have a great school, you know. Uh-huh. If your job's rich, your transit rich. Uh-huh. Right? In other words, focusing on on Atherton and Arinda and Lafayette um, less and than all of like, them. less so than the Bayview just cuz it has the T. Although the truth mm-hmm. is, San Francisco is opportunity rich. It's right. Job right. I mean, the whole thing. I think that like the biggest struggle is that there are. I mean, in San Francisco is a great example of this. There are there are neighborhoods. There are cities that are compared to the rest of the U.S. incredibly well expensive and hard to get into. Mm-hmm. Access to incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. That within those cities, there are neighborhoods that are worse neighborhoods than others. Right. Um, but, de- and like, if you're in, so like, if you're in the mission, you feel like, you're like, oh, well, this is historically a low-income mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But compared to the East Bay, the mission is a fancy neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Really compared to all of Stockton, the mission is yeah. a Yeah, and especially compared to, you know, the rest of the country. Right. And so that's like a bit of dislocation, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I think people, they... I mean, in any, you can draw any circle and there will be some group of people in it that is like the lowest income. Right, right, right. But I mean, yeah, the one thing I have noticed about supervisor districts in San Francisco is each district has a poor part and a rich part. Right. Yeah, for sure. District 6 has Rincon Hill, but also the Tenderloin. District 10 has the Bayview, but also Potrero Hill. Um, But, you know, you mentioned the East Bay. Um, and one of the strangest reasons I heard for, for opposing SB 50 was, oh, you know, you raise the zoning that's, that's keeping land prices lower in, in low income neighborhoods. And, and suddenly there will be this rush to raise uh, low income housing and build these luxury towers or whatever. Um, those people should try coming out to East Oakland, <laughs> right? On International Avenue, you can already build four or five stories and it's not happening for lack of investment. Exactly. For la- and, you know, there was that study from, was it the Turner Center, that looked at how, um, you know, even with um, even with a below market requirement, with inclusionary zoning requirements, you know, a developer could make more profit for the same apartments in the marina than it would in Fruitvale. Oh, definitely. Do like a wood frame, three-story, multi-family apartment building, the, 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 you know, the, what's it called? The, the difference between what it costs and what you can rent it for is mm-hmm. so much more than mm-hmm. if you're building a 900-foot steel mm-hmm. concrete mm-hmm. tower. Dude, exactly, obviously, yeah. given the choice, developers want to build in the neighborhood that's already yeah. fancy, right. already expensive, right. already has an excellent reputation. Right. Yeah, like my mom and dad live in the outer Richmond. Uh-huh. It's good glorious out there right. it's quiet and clean that's why it's illegal right you know sometimes in my life i have an idea and i'm like oh is this a good idea like would this work and then uh-huh. i find out that that idea is illegal <laughs> and, and how often does that happen to you so just a few times but the thing uh-huh. is it's always very rewarding because i'm like wow not only did would that idea work it would work so well that people who do it are like, yeah, it's banned. Uh And that's, I mean, that's the idea of like, ooh, building Uh new housing in a very expensive, desirable, Uh like well-known and lusted after area. Uh Like, yeah, it's such a good idea that they made it illegal. And it it blows my mind that that, the capital P progressive San Franciscans are like, well, they're never going to. I've been told so many times, they're never going to want to build on the west side. That Dude, doesn't exist. if that exist. was true, it, they wouldn't have made a law against it. Right. Uh, right. So, so uh, Sam, with your experience in, in housing finance, why is rent gap theory wrong? 
Oh, I don't have. What is rank theory? Yeah, what's rank theory? I don't even know what that is. The rank theory is what we usually spin arguing against, which is you know that the gap between low rents and somewhere like Fruitvale um, will um, sort of generate this this um, investment opportunity and this sort of rush of capital trying to build new fancy apartments. Mm -hmm. If you suddenly, I mean, I uh, height. If you suddenly raise the the height limits then like the gap between what's there and what could be built there will drive development to lower income areas and drive gentrification. I think because I the main the main reason I think that it's wrong is because when we redlined when we redlined, you know, our lower income neighborhoods to be the only neighborhoods where you can build apartment buildings mm -hmm. in, especially in the Bay Area but all over the mm -hmm. country, you know, we made the land there it's the land's expensive already in the mission. Right. The land's incredibly expensive in Soma. The land's cheap as fuck in the outer Richmond. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive to build out there because you can't build out there. Mm -hmm. right. You know, and if we made it so that you could build out there, like, yeah, maybe it might get a little more expensive, but it would still be way less well, than the corner of Sixteenth and Mission. Exactly. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't. First of all, I don't think that's necessarily the rank yet theory, but it is definitely true that if you're in some desirable mm -hmm. place and you have like a two-story, you know, some small apartment project that's 50 years old, mm -hmm. then if you're allowed to build more apartments there, then definitely. But mm -hmm. the thing is, you're not... Like, you in San Francisco, definitely you can't build... You can't tear down existing apartments to build new apartments. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, one of the... That is one of the biggest misconceptions that bothers me the most about our political discourse mm -hmm. is that we have had tenant-protecting demolition right. controls... You cannot tear that stuff down unless you have a development agreement, you know, and you make okay. you make accommodations and you have people move and they agree to it. You cannot do that. It's been against the law for decades. And I, but the I'll, the way that people talk about it, they ignore that, that that is against the law. Yeah, and you know the other thing too is that we've made it so that you know the when you can only build a ginormous building. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really expensive. Like, the thing that excited me about SB50, to be frank, was that, like, the, the residential builders associations of, of this, the area, like, the small developers that mm -hmm. genuinely just want to build, like, 10 unit Ooh, apartment yeah. buildings, which is, like, what most of us live in mm -hmm. right. already, like, that's not expensive to build. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and you can make a large nut profit without charging exorbitant rents mm -hmm. and i you know like sure some people might charge a ton of, but it was you know i just i think that it's like that's the thing that frustrates me the most that people don't want to believe mm -hmm. that there would be a group of people that would develop out on the west side when mm -hmm. it would just be so much easier mm -hmm. moreover the 10 unit buildings are going to be the four to seven story unit buildings that, do, that have relatively low impact on right. neighbors right from mm -hmm. a quality of life thing but the 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 real thing that kind of galls me about this dialogue, about the narrative that's going on right now and how SB50 is now being put in limbo is there are so many both narratives and legislative traps that are mm -hmm. baked in mm -hmm. and that are sort of geared against building housing. Mm -hmm. And like today, this whole thing with the suspense list, mm -hmm. I had to educate myself on what the hell that whole was today. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know appropriations committees are the most powerful committees and in legislatures, but mm -hmm. this thing reminds me of like some kind of fraternity. I mean, I, I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I like mean, a fraternity black ball mm -hmm. process where someone can put the black marble in the bowl, mm -hmm. and nobody knows who it is, and then it's so. I mean, now is the time, though. You know, with what happened to SB fifty today, even if it kind of makes it through, you know, I 
we, you know, all of these cities keep saying that they want to do density done right, right? Mm-hmm. That they want to do it. And like, now's the time for local activists to like make their legislators put their, to, to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so like, it's really important to get involved mm-hmm. and like or just go to be your concern troll. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> I mean, concern trolling is fun trolling, but yeah. Not when the other side's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we need more housing. We need more affordable. Agreed. Yeah. More affordable housing and, and, and faster and everywhere. More and, housing at all and affordability and levels. Stacked on top of each other. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And no parking. Fuck cars. Right, so. Now that, you know, SB50 is on ice and these ballots... We don't know it's, 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 it's on it's ice not, It's not on ice. It's, it's in a cooler. It's in like a okay. koozie. We don't know. It's it might come koozie. back out yeah. of the okay. ice. Yeah. It's in a beer koozie. <laughs> it's in a beer koozie. Cool. Yeah. Um, what does is, what is the path towards that look like right now? Oh, well, we have tons of other bills. Mm-hmm. Right? There's SB330, mm-hmm. which is a omnibus uh, streamlining... Plus, actually, remember I talked about demolition controls in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We have them, but most of uh, California doesn't. Mm-hmm. SB 330 would expand demolition controls and one-to-one replacement mm-hmm. and right to return. It's actually a huge deal. Oh very, very yeah. underreported. Shout out to my Senator Nancy Skinner. Yeah, yeah. get you a Senator like Nancy Skinner. Yeah, for putting all that in together. Uh, Buffy Wicks has something. Tenant protections. Um right. I was thinking of 1485, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is, which is basically updates uh, to SB3, th- SB35, mm-hmm. which probably listeners of this podcast uh, remember fondly. Mm-hmm. SB35 was Wiener's first bill in 2016. The streamlining bill. Yeah, streamlining, which actually has been huge. Like, mm-hmm. tons of projects are using it. Valco is using it. Mm-hmm. You know, that project's pretty famous. Uh, Meta. Meta is using it to build affordable housing. You're welcome, Tipping Point is using it. Um, so, that... Uh, Buffy Wicks's uh, update bill would help make that work even better. Um, those are my top two most exciting like mm-hmm. production bills. Mm-hmm. But seriously, there's dozens. There's 1481 Rob Bonds' Just Cause bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the near, the like the Yimbies have one of the things I'm most proud of would be a part of them is like the the Overton window shift is been wide and far you know Mm -hmm. like the amount of bills that are at the state right now were like they were like pipe dreams Mm -hmm. at best not that long ago like two or three years ago you know you look at the first articles that came out about the 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 whole yibby idea profiling sonia they were just trying to they're just laughing it out no no one was i I object to that well i mean the the profile from uh, jonah owen lamb for the examiner uh, you know, not I very, that was unfriendly. It was not a very sophisticated or, or frankly, very intelligent analysis. Well, it was Jonah. But, but it was like the first, I'm saying compared to then and now, right? It was laughed out of the room versus now they're like, well, Yimbies are right on the need for more housing, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's oh, always no. where it has to be. It's huge. I, right. So it's like the political needle has moved in your direction. The question is whether it can move far enough fast enough and whether you can keep it there enough to 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 you know make future generations actually enjoy the abundance you want yeah um and that's still an open question so with that we'll move on to final thoughts (laughs) uh hope everyone has your final thought in mind what have you got for us mike um i actually have a couple of final thoughts so i'm not really sure where to go with i mean first off david chu is 
has sort of shelved redevelopment 2.0. Mm. Oh, we did. Find out how the, you know what that means. I'm very yeah. surprised about that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was it popular. Sort of came mm-hmm. out May 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy Maserati wrote an article for KQED, basically mm-hmm. saying that the prospects for the passage turned bleak when the governor came out against the idea. Mm. Oh yeah, of course the governor's against it. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. Um, and the other is, uh, which is totally off topic, is mm-hmm. uh, one bugaboo that ever come, you know, bugbear that comes out about mm-hmm. San Francisco politics is when the board of supervisors makes resolutions about foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And that used to be a really big bugbear with conservatives and with moderates, mm-hmm. you know, saying, you know, the, you know, let's get the job of government done, stop talking about Central America, etc. Well, as it turns out, the Board of Supervisors, uh, in many ways, uh, sort of at the behest of Jackie Speer, who had a similar resolution in Congress, uh, did, this, uh, did this resolution condemning the policies of uh, the President of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, mm-hmm. who, depending upon your own ideological lens, is either the Hugo Chavez of the Pacific or the Donald Trump of, Donald Trump of the Pacific. Uh, and he's uh, doing a lot of... Uh, illiberal things, he's got this drug war, which is actually killing people in the streets, lots of extrajudicial stuff, not very good at all. Um, that appears, the, the fact, not just Congress, but San Francisco's resolution appears to have had a lot of traction with media in both the Philippines and in the overseas Philippine com- community. Um, there was like this get together in Oakland last week by pro-Duterte Americans, oh of all things, pro-Duterte, Filipino Americans that were like up in arms about this, but the people who originally got this done were Filipino Americans, um, I believe, in the San Francisco Labor Council. They also mm-hmm. did a mm-hmm. resolution against what what's happening in the Philippines right now. And mm-hmm. This is where both the Board of Supervisors and Jackie Spear came to this. So it's a very interesting change mm-hmm. from uh, what used to be mm-hmm. in terms of you know the board of five, the mm-hmm. board pontificating on foreign policy. It's a different. It seems right. to be a different time. Well, Mike, I've, I've always thought you should do a, your own podcast on South Asia politics, and hopefully that comes together. Um, I would listen. I don't even listen to podcasts, but I would listen to that. God, I'm on podcasts and I don't listen to them. What is wrong with me? Don't tell people um, that. My final thought, um, according to uh, Nancy Skinner's communications director, Bob Gammon, who just told me right now... Um, that uh, Senator Portentino, chair of the Appropriations Committee, has also shelved Senator Wiener's Senate Bill 48, intended to streamline homeless navigation centers throughout the state. Um, so, that sucks. Yeah. Why this guy representing the San Gabriel Valley um, has it out for... You know why. He's bitter because his commemorative license plate didn't go anywhere. Oh, Right. I know, well, I made that up, but... Liam Dillon gave me a shout-out for breaking that news on tell, his podcast. Tell shout the listeners that... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, Senator Portentino had a bill that was the Housing Crisis Awareness License Plate Program, sponsored by, the I believe, the California Realtors Association. Um, so, he's the ultimate concern troll, then. Right. So, how is he going to put on ice a measure to streamline homeless navigation centers and to streamline and to legalize apartments in like in a lot of exclusive segregated yeah. neighborhoods. And San Francisco's point in time counts just came out. There's like a huge raise. There's a huge raise yeah. of homelessness. In Alameda America. County saw a forty three percent increase in homelessness. That's he's, insane. He's the thoughts and prayers 
homelessness. Yeah, so uh, Fox housing. and Prayer's license plate for housing. Meanwhile, he shelves all the important legislation that could could put, start to put an end to this. I mean, just it's just ridiculous. That's horrible. That is horrible. That's garbage person territory. Well, yeah. Sonia, on that note, do you have a final thought? Yeah. Um, open call. If you love bathhouses, public bathing, I'm not talking about the get together and have sex with other dudes type bathhouses. <laughs> I'm talking about like the Russian bath, the Korean bath, the Japanese bath. Can you not have sex with other dudes there? Um, I don't think so. I'm very surreptitiously. Okay. Well, it to be is very to it yeah. Uh, I think the it's a different type of one type of thing. They have men and women. Um, so yeah, if you are really into that and you love it, or if you just want to be photographed naked, uh-huh. open call, Bay City Beacon is No, we're dude. not doing that. <laughs> How do you know? We're not, we're not doing a photo essay of naked people in bathhouses. I don't know. Leave your opinions in the comments. I can't see why you wouldn't. It's a scene. Because we wouldn't do that. All right. Well... We'll see. We'll see. We'll okay. see what the viewers decide. Well, thank you for having a final thought. That was a pitch <laughs> that I got to reject. <laughs> I don't think you make these decisions. Um, the anyway, listeners. Listeners decide. Well, I'm off to the sauna where I will not be doing a photo essay. You don't have to do the photo essay. This doesn't mean you have to get photographed. It's not going to happen. Anyway, um, sweat your troubles away, listeners. We'll see you next week. Bye.